What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Hey guys, and welcome back to The Matcha Diaries, the podcast where your hosts Car and Leo discuss topics that we feel passionate about, or, like in this case, are joined by lovely guests. In this episode, we are joined by the lovely Philly, the founder of Veria Retreat, a yoga and mindfulness retreat in Portugal that will be taking place this July. In this episode, Philly challenges the stereotypes of being a yoga teacher and the practice of yoga in general, touching on perfectionism and body image. She discusses her relationship with yoga, how it slowly became an important aspect of how she lives her life, and how it has acted in some way as a gateway to discovering her spirituality. We had an amazing time recording with Philly, and if you are interested in booking a retreat, make sure you follow at Veria Retreat on Instagram, where you can access all the information and book your spot. We hope you enjoy this episode as much as we did, and we hope you have a lovely day. very excited because we've got a very special guest on who is our lovely friend Philly and I guess as a little bit of backstory we actually went to university with Philly and since then so we graduated two years ago now Mm -hmm. I think just having a little blip in my memory (laughs) but since then Philly's gone on to do great and amazing things that we could only dream of so we're very excited to be talking to her and yeah, just to get us started, maybe Philly, could you give our listeners just a quick intro about who you are? Oh, wow. Okay, I could go on for days. <laughs> um, <laughs> but essentially right now, um, well, I'm, I'm half Spanish, half Portuguese. Let's start with that. And uh, currently I'm living in Luxembourg. I'm doing an um, internship at Amazon as a data engineer. But I'm also a yoga teacher, which I think is the most interesting thing about me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm currently also um, doing my own little business, which is um, hosting yoga retreats. And yeah. So freaking cool. I mean, I'd be super interested. Like, could you give us like a rundown on how you even got to this place? Like, how did your journey with yoga begin? You know, how did you come to this place where you're now hosting your first retreat, where you're a qualified yoga teacher? I mean, you know, back a few years ago, we were just all studying marketing at Lancaster Uni. (laughs) And now look at you. Yeah, so actually, uh, when I was in Lancaster with you, um, I was a lot into fitness, as you know, so I was going to the gym a lot, and I was lifting weights, and it was something that I was really passionate about, and um, I suddenly started losing the spark for going to the gym a little bit, and um, I started getting a bit of back pain because I have scoliosis, and um I was always that kind of person that would go to a yoga class and I would laugh a little bit. You know, when you go to a yoga class and there's that silence and they were like, oh, and let's breathe in and breathe out. And I'll be that person <laughs> that get into a class and would start laughing their head. Like I, I couldn't take it seriously. Uh, so yeah. I never really thought of myself as someone that could go to a yoga class and actually stick to it. But when I was in Lancaster and with my back pain, I was like, okay, I really need to I want to continue doing sports, but I need Mm. to take it easy. So I'm just going to try and go to a yoga studio. And I went to a yoga studio and it it was actually really hard. 
um, there was no time for me to judge <laughs> what was happening because it was really fast paced and it was really challenging for me. And I was like, oh, this is not what I had in mind. I always thought yoga is something that mm-hmm. it's so easy. Yeah, uh, people underestimate mm-hmm, it completely. Yeah. For sure. And uh, yeah, at that moment, I was just like, okay, this is a whole new world. And I kind of became a little bit obsessed and I started going like, <laughs> crazy two times a day even three times sometimes and oh I <laughs> yeah what the hell? yeah and um I became a little bit obsessed with my teacher she was like such an inspiration <laughs> for me and uh you know she opened a studio uh with a little vegan cafe in Lancaster and I was like this is amazing it's so cute and um yeah I just started going a lot that was actually an amazing cafe mm-hmm. I went to that loads it's so good so so good with vegan cake oh my god amazing and uh, <laughs> and then I was actually looking to go on a retreat to deepen my practice because I was so obsessed I was like okay I really want to get better at this because it's giving me strength it's giving me the mobility is like getting my back healthier as well I stopped having mm. back pain and uh, which was amazing for me because I always had some sort of back pain and um, yeah little by little I was started looking for places where I can deepen my practice and I found that actually every single retreat I would find online that was semi good it was very expensive so let's talk for five nights it was at least 2,500 euros which as a student obviously I couldn't pay (laughs) and (laughs) I was like for one week I'm gonna spend what I spend in like five months it's that's not happening um so I actually came across a teacher training and I had no intent to becoming a teacher and I was just looking at the price I was like okay one month 2,000 euros I'm just practicing start like from 6 a.m till night and meeting a lot of like really cool people in Bali why not and they also like said like this is not only for teachers mm-hmm. this is for people who really want to deepen their practice and yeah. I was like this is my opportunity after I graduate university for me to just travel around Southeast Asia and do something that I love and also get a yoga teacher certificate, which was purely for reasons of getting a deeper practice and (laughs) immersing myself in the yoga. (laughs) Yeah. But then it ended up that I loved being a teacher. So um, I started teaching as well after that. So yeah. (laughs) That's so cool. Can you tell us a bit more about like what your time in Bali entailed? I mean, I... I've always been, so I feel like I've gotten more into yoga throughout lockdown as well. I think as many people have with like, because it was one of like the easiest workouts that you could kind of try and do at home. And I feel like it helped me so much just like be more grounded and actually help me have a better, better relationship to exercise because mm-hmm. I, anybody who's like, who's like listened to some of our earlier episodes when we were talking about kind of body image and relationship to exercise, I feel like for me, it's quite easy to develop like a an addictive or obsessive relationship to exercise and I think yoga really helped me to view it in more of a like holistic and mindful way and like exercise is just something that you're doing because you truly want to do something good for your body Mm -hmm. versus like you're doing it for aesthetic reasons Mm -hmm. and I've always been so curious and wanting to go to retreats and stuff so I'd be super curious in what exactly your journey there entailed because I can imagine that it was maybe a bit more holistic than just practicing yoga was probably also involving meditation and Mm -hmm. 
other practices? Yeah, so um, I mean, I have two points that I would like to touch on that because it's super interesting how you're talking about more the holistic side. Um, so yes, when I got there, um, it really surprised me how I got a little bit more detached through my of my phone. I didn't have time to be on social media or anything. I just was trying to immerse myself as much as I could in the experience because I would wake up at 6 a.m. to the sound of chickens, <laughs> and, uh, animals, uh-huh. and it was, I was in the middle of the jungle. And if anyone knows Bali, I was in Uba, Ubud and it was just really, it was such an experience. And I would wake up, I would walk barefoot to the shala, which is where we practiced. And um, we were around 20, 30, 25 to 30 people uh, doing the teacher training, which is a lot actually for, for, mm. for training. But, um, and then we would start our day with just a, a ginger tea. <laughs> and we Aww. would start with meditation, with loads of meditation practices and pranayama, which is breathing exercises. Uh, and that would go on for one hour. And then we would have a two hour yoga practice after that, um, which was very exhausting. And then we would have breakfast and then we would come back to the shala to have an, an um, asana class, which is going through each posture and um, knowing the alignment and how to explain the alignment to people and how to adjust them and how to like give cues for certain poses when teaching. And then we would go and have lunch and then we would go back to either a philosophy or a anatomy class. And then we would have a workshop after that as well on or another yoga class. So our day was very packed and then we- So busy. Yeah, we would often get together at the end of the day. Yeah to have another meditation or if it was a full moon we'd have a full moon ceremony or we'd do cute things like that and it was I I I really felt like my heart was like all love and I would cry every single day out of gratitude and yeah it was crazy like it was not I mean I'm a very emotional person so I cry for anything but uh, (laughs) I was really crying for gratitude (laughs) yeah I feel like I'm gonna make an assumption but I feel like mm-hmm. also you'd make friends with those people as well. And it's like a, a friendship on a whole other level as well, because everyone yeah. is so like spiritual yeah. and mindful and, mm-hmm. and open. So it's just like you'd make friends so easily with people that you can just connect to on a deeper mm-hmm. level. But I wonder yeah, for sure. how you found that experience. So actually, I had such different connections there. And some people, for example, I have this one. I mean, I have stories from so many people that I've collected that I hold close to my heart. (laughs) And (laughs) one of them was this one girl I didn't talk to at all throughout. Like, we just didn't got a chance to talk throughout the Mm. throughout the the training. And uh, by the last week, we did this meditation practice, which uh, was just by being, being silent, not blinking and not doing any form of expression, just looking at each other's eyes. And what happened to many of us is that without talking, we felt like we knew each other and we Mm. started crying our eyes out. And we really felt, I felt like I knew what she has been through in life without knowing Mm. it, which was a weird experience, but so like, it gave me a whole new level of how I want to connect with other people, which is I want to go in a deeper level, like from now on, mm. like with, with, with my relationships in life. And yeah. yeah, and I had another connection with a girl, which she was German and, uh, and 
I had, an, <laughs> well, <laughs> she was, <laughs> yeah. And she was actually like so, so different from anyone I've ever met. And I don't talk to her that much because she has no social media. So it's really hard to, for me to oh. keep in contact with her. Mm. But I had an expectation of her. She was so pretty, blonde, blue eyes, so pretty. And my expectation of her, oh, she's, she's a typical German girl, you know, just very pretty. She has a privileged life. But actually, it was so different from that. And like the stories that she would tell, she obviously has no social media. She like fell in love and she moved country to a very dangerous country. But she was telling me, I don't know, she told me so many stories. And then I met this other girl that now she's so close to me because she's a dancer and she's also German. <laughs> and I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, I collected so many friends that I really hold close to my heart. And they're a little bit... I call them my family, even though I don't, I haven't seen them since, but I often try to talk to them and mm. it's a different type of connection that I know that yeah. I'll always have there. I can fully imagine because I know I've been on just general trips with people and I feel like you just connect on a different level mm -hmm. when you're making those like unique experiences that you'll never forget. Yeah. And then if you're doing that with people, like they'll just always have a special place in your heart and they'll, I feel like they're more intense bonds, even though you technically haven't known them for that long. Yeah. I also wanted to touch on something because you were saying how you know in some way that obviously has now influenced like how you approach relationships after mm -hmm. you did that teacher training mm -hmm. and what do you feel like are some other things that maybe you've you've taken away from from that retreat that like you've implemented since wow that's a great question <laughs> <laughs> other things that I've taken away so the philosophy of yoga is something much more than what you see on Instagram And yeah. that is something that I took away because I, I, as you saw, like you were, you're talking about the body image and the holistic side to yoga, but actually it's, it's not as much like that. There's, as it is in the gym now to have a big bum, tight waist, uh, in yoga culture, it's very, you can see a lot of skinny people. And I tend to judge myself a lot because I'm, I don't have a skinny built Um, I do have my curves and I love them, but when I'm to be a yoga teacher, normally you see very skinny yoga teachers. And, uh, that was something that also like really messes with your head a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. the yoga philosophy, it's nothing about the postures. If, if you actually go back to years, years ago, it's nothing about the posture, postures that you are doing or the asanas is so much more than that. And Uh, it's more about how you are living your life, how you are practice, practicing non-self-judgment to yourself or to others, or th there's so much more to it than mm -hmm. the actual, oh, let me do this warrior one and make it look so nice and be skinny to live this holistic life and only eat Uh, plant-based or anything which I love like I'm vegan and I love it but uh, you know it's it's much more than that it's it more, has a bigger more. purpose mm -hmm. I love that so much yeah. yeah I guess there's so much that we don't know yeah. about yoga and it's it's so easy to forget because it's kind of become appropriated almost by like Instagram culture and like mm -hmm. Instagram influencers yeah mm -hmm. that almost, and they like, kind of make it, it for the aesthetic. yeah and they make it as a oh it's a workout rather than it's something 
like it's a deeper connection with yourself yeah so you really have to be careful who you see in on instagram because there's lovely people talking things that's more than just a practice yeah. practice is actually in and the yoga philosophy the practice that you see everywhere is just a way to help you get into stillness for meditation so if you actually meditate after practice it's much easier to quiet your mind so Mm. and using breath exercises as well it just it's just easier because you have more of a clear mind to actually go to the deeper inner work that is all about actually yoga is all about that the deep mm. inner work that you want to do with yourself I love that so much I feel like it's really inspiring actually like it's and I've actually found that as well when I've done yoga I've never found it as easy to like be still in my mind mm -hmm. afterwards right because it's always like you kind of go into shavasana normally And I remember when I first started yoga, when I was like really, really young, when I used to just do it on a one-off basis in like fitness classes, I used to always like lie there and be like, oh, this is so pointless. Like, why am I just lying <laughs> on my mat? Like I could just leave. <laughs> and, and now I see that so differently, but I think it is because it's like kind of that mindset shift and it probably just depends on the teachers that you have as well. Because I guess maybe some of my teachers that I had were more like classic fitness teachers kind of just guiding you through the postures versus like actually trying to like coach you, through you know it. create that mm -hmm. connection yeah yeah for sure like there's I mean there's teachers and teachers but um I found so many inspiring ones and most of them they're not on Instagram doing ridiculously hard poses or if they are like they practice and of course like it's it's amazing to be able to do a headstand and make it look fancy I love that like I love doing those and I think it's super cool but I think what I take more from yoga and when I give my classes to my students is when you're getting into a split or something like that, please just close your eyes. Don't look at the person next to you and see how deep they are and compare yourself. Mm. Like, what's the point? That's not the point of yoga <laughs> to see if you can get into the split and the person next to you can or cannot, you know? Uh, like I for, personally, I've been doing yoga like now for a while And I try to do the splits and it's so hard for me. It's really hard. And, yeah. but I'm still practicing. It's, it's that practice that every day, like trying to be a little bit better than the day before, maybe not, but just, it's more for myself and to reach that stillness. It's not to make it look fancy whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like that would be such an interesting thing to talk about as well is like, I feel like yoga is all about getting your body, like training your body to eventually It's not all about, but a big aspect of it is to train your body to eventually do a certain pose in a way that, like, your mm -hmm. back is arched a certain way or, like, yeah. whatever. And I feel like that in itself, its nature is, it becomes a, a thing that you're so easily comparing yourself to other people. Like, oh, they can get mm -hmm. their body to look that way much easier than me. So I'm just, I guess my mm -hmm. question is, how do you help others, I guess, that you're mm -hmm. training distance themselves from that mindset? I mean, it's something that I suffer myself, I'm not gonna lie, I do compare myself a lot, um, but it's actually helped me a lot to talk in classes and telling my students, close your eyes, try not to compare yourself to the person next mm. to you. Um, actually, being a teacher has taught me a lot to myself because that mm. are th those are things that I do myself that I know I should stop and I should quiet my monkey mind I like to call it because it's useless <laughs> it's useless thoughts it's useless thoughts that we are having yeah. that shouldn't be there like why am I comparing what good is it gi giving the world or myself 
comparing myself to the person next to me. Yeah. There's no good. Yeah, that's so true. Mm-hmm. So what are some other things that you feel like you learned through teaching? Or what else, or do you have like any specific lessons or takeaways that you would want your students to take away from your class? One thing that I love to bring to my class, and that is personally, I love to make my class a little bit of a playground. I like to laugh. Mm. I like if they want to curse, they can curse. If something is too hard, they're like, fuck, I love I love for them to curse. <laughs> uh, because I mean sometimes things are hard and we just need to acknowledge it and it's okay. Next time we'll yeah. try harder and it's it's perfectly fine. And um I love for people to create connections in classes. I love when students talk to each other and they find things in common. It's not mm. just about the the asanas, the postures, it's not. It's much bigger than that. And uh, those are little things that I like to take away. And I love to make a little bit of a playground. So when you see these um, hard poses in, on Instagram, like headstands and everything, well, I try to bring them to my class because I know they're fun, but not to get to a certain point. Um, yeah. But I do like to play around with them and uh, see people achieve something that they'd never thought that they could achieve. And like they're smiling. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. And uh, yeah, those are little things that I really took with me and I'm taking with me throughout the this teaching experience. I love that so much. And I guess, yeah, I mean, we kind of semi-touched on it already, like the meditation and how that plays into yoga. But how do you feel like your relationship to spirituality is like on a day-to-day basis or and maybe also maybe we can start even from a few years back like how do you feel like it your relationship to spirituality has developed over the years Mm -hmm. yeah this is a tricky question because um I knew we were going to talk about spirituality and (laughs) I think (laughs) the deeper I get into the subject of spirituality I feel like the more I not know about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I feel like I have so much to learn. And I just think once you start going in the spiritual journey, everyone is going through a spiritual journey. We are humans. We are going through through a journey, right? But the, the deeper you try to get to this source of spirituality, the deeper you get to your traumas and you have to relieve them and... Uh, Mm. you feel like you're taking steps back because once people talk about spirituality they they have this misconception you are going to be happy and you're going to be this very happy person who just is full of love and it's not like that to get there you have to go to your rooted traumas which there's a lot of messiness there's so much messiness and there's so many emotions coming out and you really have it's like kind of therapy (laughs) it's yeah yeah. and um, it's it's much harder than what the word spirituality actually people have it related to like it's it's much yeah it's much deeper than that there's a i feel like there's many definitions for different people when it comes to Mm -hmm. like how they define what spirituality is for Mm -hmm. them so i guess maybe for Mm -hmm. the the context of us like going into your journey with spirituality do you think you can in some way define like what that journey looks like for you yeah, so when I first going through my spirituality journey, I would say I started getting more into it when I started with yoga, actually, uh, yeah. which is very common. I think it's very common. And I started reading more Makes books. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I started reading more books about it. And I was like, oh, this makes so much sense. And it felt so easy at, at the start. It felt really easy to to just change myself to this positive person. 
But this last few months actually opened my eyes a lot on it. And I started realizing that I had these tendencies to have a bit of a, a toxic positivity, a little Ooh. bit. Mm. Um, because yeah. I was forcing myself to be this happy person when I was battling through things of the past that just... And these two things didn't res resonate with each other. I really needed to let go of this feeling of always having to be happy to just heal, yeah. heal myself. And that mm. was the hardest part I've, I think I've lived throughout my years. Like it, it was really yeah. hard to just let go of this misconception that I actually got from this spirituality journey when I started that I had to be happy all the time and I had to create good energy for everyone around me. Uh, I had to let go of that to actually relive my trauma, to let go of it. And yeah. I'm still going through it. Every day is not perfect, but um, I think I'm becoming better every day. I think that's so interesting because I don't know if you have a similar thing, but I think I struggle with perfectionism and like wanting to be perfect in all areas of my life. Like that doesn't only apply to work or academics. Like I think that also... For me, it also manifests in the way that I process my emotions. So I think I've quite often struggled with letting harder or, I don't know, more negative emotions surface. Or I've like tried to, subconsciously, I think I've sometimes tried to repress them until like it's truly not possible anymore. Because yeah. it's almost like in my head that doesn't match up with like the perfect person that I want to be day to day. Mm -hmm. And obviously that always like comes and bites me back in the butt again because like, you know, emotions are going to come bubbling up to the surface and it's always way better to deal with them, you know, as and when they come up yeah. and it's always going to have a better outcome, even though it's like hard at the time. But I wonder if for you that's had any, if you've also had like struggles with perfectionism, if, if also because with yoga, I'm mm -hmm. sure you've had to maybe, you probably will have to let go of some idea of perfectionism as well, right? Trying to strive for perfection your poses you know mm -hmm. that yeah. ties into the whole comparison culture as well yeah there's a big culture in yoga that i would say that it's this perfectionism first imposes but also in what a yogic lifestyle is so i guess i'm spiritual but i'm not that person that's always talking about oh my energy and everything like that so <laughs> i wouldn't <laughs> like what is a typical yoga teacher is also a question that we could talk about for hours because yeah. I don't see myself as a typical yoga teacher, but at the same time, I talk like to this to other teachers. Yeah, and they all say like, yeah, I suffer with this as well. Like, I'm never at home with my Palo Santo all the time <laughs> going like this. <laughs> I sometimes do it and I do have my crystals, but it's not like I'm talking about it all the time and I'm always reading about it. No, like I like to watch my Netflix shows and I like to relax and yeah. have my siestas and, you know, yeah. I'm not perfect. You're like a normal human. Yeah, I'm a human. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so yeah, I do struggle with that idea that society created for yoga teachers, which is totally unrealistic. <laughs> yeah, I loved what you said about toxic positivity. And I feel mm -hmm. like that's something we can really go into detail with. And I guess to give some context to the listeners, you had on your story, I don't know if it was a poll or something, but it was you just being like, you believe that positivity isn't, I think, I'm pretty sure you said positivity is an illusion. Yeah. And you got a lot of like responses out of that. Mm -hmm. And I guess like, <laughs> I'm curious to how you, well, I guess you kind of went into it that like that toxic positivity, but like, how would you kind of com combat this idea? I guess. Okay. So this is 
an argument. So basically, I, I believe that positivity is a delusional act because you're trying, you're talking about something in your life in a good way, but also negativity is a delusional act. So I do believe we're all living in, <laughs> we can go a little bit crazy with this, but we are all living in a little simulation <laughs> in, on our own, right? We try to make our lives make sense and we do it through either positive thoughts or negative thoughts and we choose which ones to, to take upon in, in our daily life. And I do believe everyone should strive to be a bit more positive in, throughout the day, but of course, we also need to go a little bit back sometimes. When do we need to be a bit more realistic? When do we need to be a bit more... Go back and it's okay to realize that you have traumas and not push back. So one thing that I struggle a lot, and I was talking to uh, some of my, our common friends actually, um, is that uh, in my third year of university, when I started getting into the spirituality world, I used to push back problems, not only for myself, but others. So for example, a friend of mine would come to me and they would tell me, oh, my day went terrible. I would tell them, oh, it's not that bad. You like, look, the sun it is shining. It could be worse. Instead of, oh. Yeah, it could be worse. And instead of telling them, I know how you feel, it must be awful and be a good yeah. friend and be there for them. I was just trying to push back their problems, <laughs> which is not great. And now I look back at it, it was like, oh man, I was so so bad back then I could have been a better friend and like give him a hug and tell them hey listen I'm here for you I know this is bad but yeah <laughs> but you That's live so in learn. <laughs> yeah you live in yeah <laughs> I feel like toxic positivity often comes from like a good place and mm -hmm. like good intentions but then can I guess manifest itself negatively for you yourself because then you're not validating your own feelings but also then I guess yeah. for other people because then you're not validating their feelings if like all they want is just a little bit of support and understanding. Exactly. Yeah. That's so interesting. It is to meet that, like what Leo was saying with the perfectionist kind of perfectionism in yourself, but then pursuing a perfectionist lifestyle. And it is that it's like, we don't want to admit that we are having bad days and we don't want to admit that, okay, today actually I felt like shit and didn't want to talk mm -hmm. to anyone. We'd rather just be like, it's fine. It's going to be fine. Like, and you get on with your life and you pretend like you're not feeling like shit. But then, then you get to that burnout state where actually it would have been just better for you to take that day off. And, you know, not, if you didn't want to socialize, don't socialize. Don't like force yourself to be this person that, oh, I can hang out six days a week and I don't need time by myself at all. Like, like as long as no. I feel like the most important mm -hmm. thing is being true to yourself in, in that scenario. Yeah, it is. It's finding that balance. I mean, I'm still learning and I'm still not quite sure, like if being positive is great or being letting myself relive my trauma is good or not like i'm learning like mm. and i feel like there is not a right or wrong answer for this yeah, yeah. i agree we're all just figuring it out <laughs> exactly <laughs> i don't know one one step at a time exactly so that's why i go back to the point like this spirituality journey it's just it's so hard to answer because you never know you ne you never know like if you're going through the right path or not you're just trying to figuring out and try to be a little bit of a better person than the day before trying to create a little bit better impact and just reflect on your actions i think that's one of the most important things is reflect on your actions thoughts and what you speak if you speak the truth or not um mm. and also be kind of course <laughs> Yeah, the most important thing. Yeah. Mm 
are some things that you do on a daily basis that you feel like help you connect mm-hmm. to your deeper your, self I guess, higher self mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> I'll go back again to like yoga teachers we are not perfect and for me right now having three different jobs is really hard to balance my own practice mm. it's really really hard and I, as I told you before this call we, I had a bit of a burnout the week before and um, yeah. uh, it, it was quite hard to deal with it because I was not taking care of myself and I was not really um, putting in the time to have my own practice and just meditating or um, doing some breath work, which really helps me actually. It, it helps my thoughts and bringing back myself to the present moment. So um, it, it's always a journey. So like if you asked me a week ago, I'll tell you like my practice is all over the place. And now this week I've been really prioritizing that and taking myself a bit more time to at night, sitting down on my mats and doing just, even if it's just the 30 minute yoga practice with meditation at the end or pranayama and then journaling that really helps that really helps and um yeah also other practices are just not that like (laughs) let's not forget like yoga it's like just the practice maybe you want to go to the gym that's also great and if you want for me one of the practices that really helps me like make my day better is when I wake up I make myself a cup of tea or a cup of coffee and I sit down on the sofa Mm -hmm. and I read a book that's also for me a (laughs) like that for me is great as well and it doesn't have to be the yoga practice itself and sometimes I don't practice yoga for a couple of weeks and I just teach and that's also fine (laughs) it's also fine because I mean you have to listen to your body again and for me right now reading a book sometimes feels better then putting my body into the stress of like, okay, I have to practice because my practice will become a little bit less uh, bendy, let's say, <laughs> or yeah. nicer, you know? Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, yeah, sometimes your mind doesn't allow that. I feel like it's very contradictory because it puts pressure on something that's supposed to relieve. And like, exactly, exactly. So there's no point being mm-hmm. like, I need to do this this many mm-hmm. times a week. Yeah, when- yeah it's yeah it's just it's very ironic I think (laughs) yeah it is like I mean there's so many I mean there's a lot of students who come every day every day every day and I think that's lovely but I mean if you are not prioritizing your own health and like for example taking a long shower or doing your own skincare routine that and that makes you feel better than going every day to the gym or to Mm. a yoga studio then it's not worth it yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. It's just not worth it. I like that so much. I feel like that's such a refreshing attitude to have. Just like finding there's no like strict path or specific steps like, oh, you have to do that and then you'll feel more connected. It's just like, okay, finding what what works best for you Mm -hmm. and that'll probably look different every single week and every single day and every single hour, just depending on like what your mind and your body is is telling you what they need of course so if two years ago when I was university I, as I said I was doing three classes of yoga a day my body felt absolutely fine right mm. now I my body cannot take it because I'm teaching I'm, I'm working mm. I'm planning a retreat all of these things at the same time did not allow me to do a three-hour practice every day I guess okay now that you've mentioned the retreat oh. <laughs> I feel like this is a good this is a perfect segue I mean how how did you even get the idea 
to plan a yoga retreat. I mean, that is such a massive project. You are, what, 24 years old? So very young. (laughs) I'm still doing... I'm pretty sure you're still doing your master's, right? Yeah, I took a gap year. Mm -hmm. I took a gap year so I could work a little bit. (laughs) So Um, I mean, you're doing so many things. So yeah, please, please tell us. Yeah. So this is a very exciting project. And uh, in the start of the podcast, I don't know if you remember, but I was uh, mentioning that uh, I was looking when I was a student for a retreat that would be affordable for me, but I couldn't find anything. So it has always been in the back of my mind. And now that I have a bit more of stability in my life, and uh, I found a really great place in the south of Portugal that I was like, wow, this would be perfect to unwind. I started talking to some people and they really encouraged me to go after this little dream project that I had. And I just started thinking more and more about it. And now that I'm teaching so much and I, I, was, I got a bit more confident with myself to do this, to, to go ahead with this. Um, so... I started talking to to the owner of this villa in the south of Portugal, which which the place is absolutely beautiful. It's in it's remote. It's in a remote <laughs> location. You walk to the beach. It's like three acres of land, and wow, wow it's wow. it's absolutely beautiful. And um, I just went ahead. I got a chef here in a plant based chef here in Luxembourg, which will, he will fly over there. Uh, I have um, my friend Jess, uh, who she's uh, the creative director and photographer of Vidya. So this retreat is called Vidya, by the way. And um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also now I'm bringing a new uh, guest teacher, which is very exciting. And he's a breath worker. And basically, he, <laughs> yeah. So he through the power of breath work, he will help people get inwards and access their higher self by releasing stuck emotions. And if you've ever done breath work, you, you kind of sounds emotional. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) You feel no, but you feel like ecstatic and you feel like, wow, like I'm releasing something that I didn't even know it was there. And then you feel this happiness afterwards. And I don't know if you really need to try breath work. It's just it's amazing and yeah it really it deter- me. <laughs> yeah it really nourishes your soul i feel like breath work is something that for me it's so important now in my day-to-day life and he's gonna come and he's he he's doing like so many events throughout the world um he's now based in amsterdam but he's also been in la and costa rica mexico and um yeah so i think this will also give the retreat a little bit more of a boost <laughs> No, that's so cool. Where did the name come from? So Vidya is actually energy in Sanskrit, and Sanskrit is the language that they used back in the old days in yoga. Um, and yeah, it's uh, so the, the concept. I just wanted to go back a little bit to the concept of the retreat, and I just it, as I mentioned, is to be a bit more accessible to everyone. So it's like accessing more of like a, a younger crowd, I would say, just to be a bit yeah. more accessible. And it's not luxurious at all. <laughs> I don't want to sell it as a luxury <laughs> retreat because it's not. And it's more of a place that you go there to connect with yourself, others. I really want to create a community sense yeah. in the retreats and uh, with nature. So yeah, Sounds lovely. I, I'm very excited. <laughs> that sounds so heavenly. When is it? Can you just tell our listeners the dates? And I guess how and how and if they could be able to book it if they're listening to this episode and they're like, hell yes, that sounds like something for me. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it'll be from the 18th till 23rd of uh, July. 
in the south of Portugal. And yes, so by the time that your listeners will be listening to this, uh, the website will be out. So yeah, I guess it will be vidiaretreat.com. And uh, <laughs> it's so exciting to talk about this. Yeah, it's so fun. <laughs> we'll link it in our show notes and obviously we'll link it in our in our episode as well. Um, in our, and we'll tag you in our Instagram post. Yeah. So people will know how to find you. So if, if you're in a position like Philly was where you wanted to discover your like deeper and higher self and you don't have like access to it and it's not affordable, then you know where to go because... Billy's just solving all your problems. Yeah, I'll solve all <laughs> of your problems. <laughs> I mean, I'm booking this, like, for sure. I'll be there 100%. <laughs> all of your fans are coming now. <laughs> I went to meet Leo. They won't, Honestly. They won't come for me anymore. They'll come for you <laughs> to hang out with you. <laughs> I, I wish I was that cool. I wish I had that so cool. Maybe you should rename the retreat to the, the Matcha Diaries retreat, maybe. Oh, maybe in the future we can make a little, you know, oh, oh my collab. God, let's do a collab, collab yes. retreat. We'll have like journaling sessions and stuff like that. Yes. Guest speakers. Actually, in this <laughs> retreat, we'll have journaling sessions, actually. So. Ooh. Oh my gosh. Wow. Honestly, yeah. sounds like a dream. Week. Yeah. And what, something else it. that we're going to add it is an ecstatic dance in the, in the, in the last day or maybe the i'm still not sure which day we're gonna do it but i don't know if you have ever heard about ecstatic dancing okay (laughs) okay so ecstatic dance is basically you're intuitively dancing with the senses and listening to your body so uh automatically you're not with your phones you're just barefoot you don't drink alcohol or anything and you just close your eyes you listen to the music and you move any way your body's feeling the rhythm of the beats basically and this is very this is done a lot for in bali i've done it so many times and it was so liberating because no one wow. really cared how they looked when they were dancing everyone would just close wow. their eyes and just dance and it's just if it when you look at it from an outside perspective it looks like something weird is happening. But once you're living it, it's really cool. I, I am thinking of those movies when you literally see like a fire and like a bunch of people just like waving their arms about. <laughs> it's a little bit like that, yeah. What type of music do you like play when you're dancing? Is there like a specific genre of music or is it honest? To be honest, I'm... I'm oh, uh, if for this ecstatic dance, I'm not really yeah. sure because it will be our breath worker, Diane, who will be... He's also like, he uses a lot of music with breath work and everything. So he'll be the one choosing the music for that. But yeah. Cool. Mm. Sounds so cool. Mm -hmm. And I guess I also want to hear from you. Mm -hmm. What sort of advice could you give to people who are listening to this now and are like, oh, this sounds really interesting to me, like breath work or getting more into yoga. But like how, what are some like active steps that people can take if they want to get into this more and get in touch with, with that side a bit more even if it doesn't mean you know going because obviously nobody can go on a retreat probably mm-hmm. tomorrow of course. or next week sort of thing yeah so I would say I mean if you kill feel I would say that if you feel like you're being called for doing a yoga practice go for it but if not start with breath work and I'm not saying go for a one hour breath work like I do I go a little bit crazy with that <laughs> because I love it so much but uh, just five minutes of your day, when you get a little bit stressed out, just let go of anything and feel how everything is in the present moment. Everything is okay. Right now, in the present moment, everything is okay. No matter how stressed you are, 
just bring back yourself try to take a step back and see how nothing should be worrying you right now you should just have a big breath in take three counts and break big breath out for three counts and that should just calm you a little bit more and this is something i still practice eh? because i'm a very nervous person and mm. um i struggle a lot with anxiety and this is just just a big breath in big breath out and maybe do this a few times and you'll see the immediate results that you get from that of relaxation do you have any like youtube or people that you follow online who you feel like are like an inspiration to you if that's breath work or yoga related oh god i'm so bad with names yes of course i have mm -hmm. them but i always forget their names so <laughs> you could always you could always send them to us and we'll put them in the episode description. yeah i'll yeah. do that i'll do that i think there's really cool people in the internet that really inspire me but i always forget their names mm. so i'm so sorry <laughs> yeah because because i feel like with journaling and stuff it's easy to kind of just like go online and find oh like five prompts that you can do and then you just like go and do it yeah but like i know you're now saying like oh like do breathing exercises and mm -hmm. i'm like mm but what like what would I do you it know? just depends what you want so for example if you really mm. want to release emotions and not just these five minutes of relaxation you really want yeah. to work with it I have I there's this one um woman who she has a, a YouTube channel and it's called Pushing Beauty and she mm. has a breathwork session which is amazing I cried like a baby by releasing uh -huh. emotions and then I laughed oh yeah I mean it sounds really weird when you say that you cry because you kind of think that it's sad but it's not it was actually really nice <laughs> yeah. so so yeah I'll uh -huh. I'll send you the link for that as well because it's really really nice yeah mm -hmm. that sounds like something I want to do <laughs> yeah she also has a podcast so I've been wanting to like get into yoga and I think like Leo knows this for ages but I keep like searching on on YouTube I'm like oh 15 minute like yoga or whatever and they're, I find them so toxic, actually, the ones, at least the ones I've been exposed to, because it's, it was literally, like, one lady being like, okay, and now, like, hold your body like this. This is the way that you're going to lose the calories. And I'm like, I'm not doing this to lose calories. What? Yeah, what? It, like, it honestly switched, like, it put me off it so much, and, like, I just, like, stopped the video. I'm like, I'm not going to do this. No, that should, please don't watch her ever again. I know. If she's talking about <laughs> calories in a yoga class, yeah. that's How toxic not is the one. That? That's really toxic. Yeah. <laughs> So I think no. for me, like, I think I'm the perfect example of someone that, like, isn't surrounded by the content that is good mm -hmm. um, and, like, wanting to get into that. So I think if our listeners are in a similar position, then I'm sure you can recommend, like, we'll, we'll put the list of creators yeah, please that you don't, recommend. don't, yeah, if, if you see these little behaviors on the internet of talking about calories mm. when it comes to something so so amazing like I, I find yoga it's really amazing and then yeah. bringing calories into the conversation so is just like disrupting yeah it's disrupting the the whole point of it so yeah yeah mm. no so I'm I'm so glad that like we can get you on to talk about this because I feel like even me it's like inspired me more to to want to practice yoga more and <laughs> I don't know I think I love it like I think it's something that we should probably all connect to a little bit more and it's something that I feel immediate benefits from whenever I do it it's just it can be and you're hard so cute to, like, as well because more... you do it with your mom and I feel like it's such a cute bonding and like connecting experience <laughs> like it's so sweet yeah that's really yeah. sweet I think I, I have <laughs> I have a proposal okay 
So one thing that we can do, if I come to London, which I was thinking of coming to London, and I know that you have many listeners from London, we can do a free yoga class in the park with anyone who wants to join. Uh, oh my God, stop! <laughs> yeah, and we can do a donation-based <laughs> class. So people donate, but towards a cause that we choose in the podcast, towards oh like God. a charity or something. What do you think? That would be amazing. Okay, okay, I'm so down. Yeah. That would be incredible. Yeah, I think that would be really nice. <laughs> I'm like speechless. Okay. <laughs> yeah, UK listeners, like, message us. Yeah, if you're interested, let us <laughs> but know. But no, that sounds, that sounds so nice. When do you think you'll be coming to London? Yeah, I was thinking in June because it's uh, our friend's birthday is in the same week. So um, I was thinking maybe I could go if there's, like, no major restrictions um then I could go and we can do this yoga class in the park <laughs> oh my gosh so oh nice. my gosh that's so exciting that's okay. like the perfect that's... note to end this episode on I think yeah I think you yeah. just need to choose a charity of choice and that that'll be it and even like a two year two pounds sorry <laughs> donation two years uh, would be enough <laughs> two years two years of your life that's all you need to no get. I said heroes <laughs> oh <laughs> I heard you <laughs> Whatever, two years, two years, two years. Whatever. Two <laughs> yeah. Your firstborn child. <laughs> it's good for the planet. But this would be really nice to also like <laughs> meet some listeners as well. How cool would that be? Oh my gosh. I freaking love that. Yeah. That'll be that'll be the dream. Okay. Well, I feel like that literally was the perfect note to end the episode on. And Philly, thank you again so much because I mean we were talking about this obviously been in this episode like how incredibly busy you are so yeah thanks for taking time out yeah thank you thank you honestly I had such a good time and talking about all of this just really enriches my day (laughs) oh and I feel like yeah you I think you're just really inspiring you know what you're doing with with your life oh I do not (laughs) spreading you you are and I just think it's in I think it's incredible and I can't wait for the for the retreat in summer and I can't wait to see how it all pans out and what the future has in store for you and what else you're going to get up to. Oh, thank you. Thank you. This means a lot to me. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys, for listening and we'll speak to you next week. Thank you so much, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.